What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Experience Football Podcast. Uh, Jake Schwing here. With me, as always, Nate Williamson. How's it going? Long time, no talk. It's going awesome. Long time, no talk. Long time, no see. Yes. We're ready for the wild, wild west. AFC West, that is, for Yeehaw. our last division preview. Yeehaw. And I'm sure for you guys, it's just been a blast listening to these or watching them, you know? All few of you that that do uh we appreciate it um but yeah this is it this is the last one of the eight and then uh, um by the time you see this it'll be only one more sleep till football so that that will be exciting um and we are going to drop our picks for the season um awards and all that stuff and then the next podcast that you see after this one so nate might as well just drop right into it um Going rookies, we're going proven players, going X factors, and we're going division predictions. Nate, who do you want to start with on rookies? Are you feeling lucky? Yep. Because it was lucky for Kansas City to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire fall conveniently into their lap. How's that for a segue? Happy Halloween. Um, anyway, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is actually going to be my rookie because, duh, why wouldn't he be? He's going to be absolutely electric this year if all comes into plan as it should. Uh, in this crazy Kansas City offense that already has so many weapons. He's going to come in and play a big role, especially now that the guy who is going to be playing above him has opted out, of course. Um, I've already forgotten his name. That just shows how excited I am. Yeah, no, I was just kidding. Apparently, uh, Should have been Super Bowl MVP anyway. Yeah, that's very true. I I was actually, I promise I was joking when I said I forgot his name. But, you know, it's a good bit, so we'll keep going. I'm all about the bits here. Okay. Um, drop drop in the comments if you think Nate was um was not kidding or kidding. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, so, yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is my rookie to watch for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh for obvious reasons, I think he's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh fitting into this offense, slotting in with Patty Mahomes and the incredible team that they're putting together there. Uh, don't be surprised if we're saying that they are the reigning Super Bowl champions again this time next year, um, because this team is crazy and they have a good coach and a great quarterback uh, and they added a absolutely dynamic receiver who I are running back and receiver who I'm super high on coming out of this draft class I think he's gonna be a lot of fun I think we're all kind of just waiting to see how good he is not if he's gonna be good or not it's almost hard to fail with the team that they have playing around him yeah um I mean this is Clyde Edwards layer for me as well Finished as my RB1 um, in this draft class just because of how he can affect the receiving game. Um, I think his vision is top-notch. Uh, I think his ability to manipulate defenders in front of him is very impressive. I think he's got great contact balance. He's got the will that everything's going to be a first down when the ball's in his hands. He's an absolute maestro winning on angle routes out of the backfield. And, and just combining all that, in an offense that already that Nate said that's going to be just excellent once again. I just can't imagine he doesn't get a high volume fantasy players. Hopefully you drafted him. I did in a league. Um, so uh, just plug in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, I, I can't wait for this guy. Cause he's just, he's so much fun to watch. It's phenomenal. Agreed. Took the words right out of my mouth after I already said Yeah, that. after you said them, copy-paste. Uh, <laughs> All right, what's next? Las Vegas. Did you forget again? Raiders. Yeah. It is next. They are next. Um, 
This was so hard to pick between these two receivers uh, because one of them was my wide receiver one. Regrettably, probably should have done that and just gone with my gut. But that's how the uh, that's how my scoring um, and grading system went this year. I I will go. I'll let Nate talk. Hopefully, about the other receiver. I'm going with Brian Edwards. Um, all right. Well, then I'll talk about both then. If you that's that's the thing. Basically, I'm excited for any Clemson player the Raiders draft. No, um. So Brian Edwards, simp. Think he goes right in, uh, slots right into X now with Tyrell Williams uh, out. I think you know a guy who's another guy tough after the catch. Um, I think he's gotten a little more twitchy as an athlete, and, and that's shown in his senior season. Um, I think he's going to be able to come in quickly, separate, win on those crisp slant routes that we've saw, that we've seen from him. And with a quarterback who does at times throw it down the field more than we, we realize, I think he'll be, yeah. you know, even a threat vertically. Um, just like his teammate, I'm going to mention Henry Ruggs as well, because I think this is a player that you can maximize at so many looks. I mean, you could throw him in the slot, maximize his yak. I think he's a good separator. Um, people think this guy's all speed. He's really not all speed. I think he had probably the second most reliable hands on Alabama of those four absolutely elite wide receivers last year. And like I said, I think he does great work at the top of his routes. And again, when the ball's in his hands, look out because he could take anything for a score. So I'm excited for both of them. Yeah, I think reasonably so. You know, I kind of figured you were going to pick one of the wide receivers just because it was your wide receiver one. And then another really, really exciting prospect, of course. Um, So I actually flipped over to the other side of the ball. You know, I am actually going with a little bit of an older rookie, Damon Arnett, coming in at 24 years old by the time this season gets underway. You know, he had a ton of that playing experience at Ohio State against some of the league's best. I mean, when you're at Ohio State, that's the benefit you get. Um, Even in a Big Ten that, you know, has in the in past been iffy as far as wide receivers go and quarterbacks go outside of Ohio State, which is obviously um, you see the talent they produce. But, you know, he's somebody that could come in with that older, competitive kind of look at things and say, you know, I put my work in. I learned a lot. And, you know, that cornerback two spot behind Prince Amukamara is going to be a competition, I think, between him and Trayvon Mullen, another guy that I was really high on Trayvon Mullen. I really like him. Uh, he ended up going in the second round of the 19 draft. But, you know, Arnett really does come in with quite a bit of experience. He's going to be going against, um, I don't want to not mention Amik Robertson either, you know, the fourth round pick um, as one of the highest graded cornerbacks from a year ago. But, you know, Arnett has a lot of benefits, but it isn't going to be easy for him to win this spot. But I, I really do, if he, I think if he gets it, he brings kind of a, almost veteran mindset to the game just because he is a little bit more experienced, a little bit older. Um, I think it'll be very interesting. He was overshadowed a lot of his career by some of the best wide receivers in the NFL currently. Um, And, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think to see how he competes against Mullen and Robertson, you know, coming out of Louisiana tech, it'll be um, quite a fun battle there. I think to watch as the Raiders kind of unload their season. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when you look at Arnett, I think you look at a guy who came back for his, Final season, it did really well. Um, I thought he was great at carrying guys deep in man coverage. I think, you know, he's physical enough at the line of scrimmage to be able to reroute guys. So, yeah, I think I, 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 it'd be hard-pressed not to see him out there uh, when, when their season begins against Carolina on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, can't fall in there. I think they had two first-round picks, and I think they did pretty well with them. 
um, as, as Gruden and, and Mayak continue to build that team. Yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and go over um, to Denver. You know, uh, a team. I know that, you picked who I picked. I guarantee it. Go I probably ahead. did. I feel you like. Did. Well, actually. No, you did. I bet you did. You're going to think you didn't, but you did. Yeah. I'm really. It, it's hard. To, but we are going to go to Denver. I was trying to actually pick between the two teams, but um, we're going to go ahead and go with Jerry Judy, I think. Uh, nope. Not just as somebody to watch. You know, I think there's quite a few people you could argue, but once they got rid or, well, traded away, I would say Emmanuel Sanders last or two seasons ago, which feels weird. You know, they had that kind of void at wide receiver two, and Cortland Sutton really, really did well carrying the mantle there, went for 1,100 yards and, you know, kind of – said, hey, I'm here. I'm the alpha in this room. Look at me. Drew lock on every single play uh, when you don't have an option. But, you know, and it's a big year for Drew Locke, and I think bringing in Judy is really, really going to help bring him along. Just the way he is able to win on routes um, and the way he's able to just find himself open in, in situations where most wide receivers are going to be swallowed up in coverage. Judy uses those physical skills as well as mental skills. Uh, that really impressed a lot of people throughout the draft cycle. For me, still ended up at wide receiver one. Uh, I really like Mr. Jerry Judy, and I think he's going to find some success as far as Drew Locke is able to carry that because of the fact that a wide receiver has to carry or has to catch balls that are thrown to him. So we see sometimes where really talented receivers um, kind of get left out on that. But I don't think Locke's going to have too many problems finding Judy, and if he can get him the ball, then watch out. Uh, it might be a big year for both of them, truthfully. Yeah, I, I think I think the Sanders trade was last year. Actually, I think you got it right. I think oh, was it? First. Yeah, I believe. Oh, yeah, you got it, it right was because it was at the deadline. San Francisco was at the deadline and needed a yeah. guy. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I think he nailed it with Judy. I think he's an elite separator. Um, again, and the way he can make defenders miss after the catch as well is just is ridiculous. Um, I think his his speed is a little bit underrated as well. Uh, so yeah, I think you, you get an elite separator like that who who can make Drew Locke's life easier is awesome. I went with who I thought Nate was going to go with is Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, for sure. I think this is the guy to watch. He's got, he's locked down starting center as we start the season off. Um, again, I think just, just a real gamer and, and, and it's weird to call maybe a center, a gamer, but I tell you what, he is fun he to really watch. Is. Um, you know, no matter what pass protection, getting out in the face of linebackers, second level combo blocks in the run game, anything you ask this guy to do, I think he's just going to succeed at. And I really think, you know, in the mid rounds, I think really Denver nailed it with this pick. Um, And I think as somebody, you know, if if you're talking about, you know, second, third contracts down the line, you know, Drew Locke stays, I think even if he doesn't, I think you'll see Cushenberry stay in Denver a long time. Yeah, I agree. I was really high on Cushenberry coming out of LSU and not just because he was an LSU player, contrary to popular belief, but this is a guy that, you know, sometimes wasn't calling out the plays for the LSU offense, but in an offense that ran the way they did, the center position is such an important uh, focal point. And, you know, he carried that load all season and was really, really good. Uh, That offensive line, honestly, in LSU terms is probably going to go down as one of the better ones they've had, especially in the last 15, 20 years. Um, it was insane. It was really well managed as well. And if Cushenberry picked up on anything last year from how to run a successful offense, uh, he's going to bring that in. Um, and he's going to really help this Broncos offensive transition into a very strong one uh, down the line. I, I think he's one of those guys that in a couple of years we might say, 
you know, other than, you know, being a center in a really tackle heavy draft class, how did this guy fall so far? You know, we saw a couple guys taken off the board before him, but there's every possibility uh, he might end up as one of the more effective players out of this class just due to the nature of the position and how important it is. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it would not shock me if by like year two, year three, this guy's a captain on this team. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Um, yeah, I really think that could be the case. He was one of the really big guys after they got spanked by Alabama that one year that came out and said, you know, look, this is like, we, we can't have this. Like, this is not LSU. And, you know, a lot yeah. of fans really respected him. I think he'll carry that attitude uh, to Denver also and use that home field advantage too. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. Um, Chargers, this is probably not who you'd expect, especially because they traded up in the first – they got two first-round picks, and I'm talking about neither of them. Not talking about either of them. If you pick who um, I picked, I'm going to be – I'm picking Joe Reed. Uh, <laughs> this was an easy pick for me just because <laughs> of who they picked in the first two rounds. I'm not excited about them. I was um, like, well, crap. You know what? I didn't really like either of those guys for them. You know, I'm just going to go deeper in. See? Listen, this guy's going to play – this week and maybe throughout September with Mike Williams out, this dude's a yak monster. You can put him inside, outside. I think they're going to move a lot of guys around in this offense, which will be fun. And again, reliable hands. People probably shocking to hear his name over KJ Hills, who I think a lot of people have much higher than I did in this class as a route runner. Um, but I think when you look at Reed in it matters what you do after the catch. And I think Reed, you know, rides that dynamic ability. Yeah. Well, I'll talk a little bit about KJ Hill just because I, I had Joe Reed, of course, picked. I was like, you know what? I'll drop further into this draft and see what Should happens. Should have picked but, the Chargers over Denver. <laughs> yeah, true. Truthfully, I think these are two of the better value picks um, from the mid rounds, which is a reason mm -hmm. that I, I really actually liked their draft, but not in the early rounds, which is kind of funny how that works. But, you know, he saw – 33 wide receivers go before him. You know, I know you weren't super high on the guy. I wasn't super high on the guy, but 34th like, best wide receiver in that draft. Yeah, that's, I don't that's not true, but yeah. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he steps right in and has an impact role. Um, at least, you know, he's solid as they come in my opinion. And, you know, obviously anybody that can be the all time leading receptions holder, uh, at Ohio State during his senior season um, and put on a performance in Mobile. We can't ignore that either, John, at the senior goal. Yeah, can't, definitely can't. Um, and he's going to have a big old chip on that shoulder. So it'll be interesting to see oh, yeah. how he comes into it. But, yeah, Joe Reed uh, I think could be really exciting, a huge value pick, I think, for them in this draft. Yeah. So next we move over to X factors, correct? Or prove it. No, prove it. Prove it. I did that last time too. <laughs> he, did, okay. he did the last one, guys. <laughs> we'll start with prove it. And I started off with Kansas City. So why not start with Kansas City? You know, I don't think there's a whole lot of players on this team after last year that are um, in dire need to prove anything. Certainly not Patrick Mahomes or anybody on that offense really to me. Um, but I do think if they have one area that might trip them up a little bit, it's on the defensive end. Uh, this defense, you know, has a lot of really, really good components and really key pieces. Um, so I kind of just winged it and put Chris Jones on there as a way to say, 
you know, this team needs to come together and have a leader on the defense. You clear, you have a clear leader um, on the offensive side. That's Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, on the defensive side, I think somebody's going to have to step up and hold them together um, after some departures and some different things in the off season. You know, the defense got overshadowed a lot last year by a team that could put up a 50 bomb on just about anybody in the NFL. Um, but, you know, a little bit more of an interesting schedule. They're going to come up against some high flying offensive first up uh, or not first up but the first one that pops to the head they play the saints this year um which i think would be really fun uh total matchup could be a super bowl preview in theory i don't have that as i well. hope so because it means tampa bay's not in it so. true yeah so i i think there's not a lot of prove it players on this team to say the least but you know somebody's gonna have to step up and be a leader on that defense so i put chris jones on there as somebody who could probably do that yeah, I mean, Chris Jones made really key plays in the Super Bowl. A couple of batted passes that really, you know, really see, ultimately sealed the deal. Uh, key downs as well. I mean, I think he, I think he, him and him and Tyron Matthew are probably the leaders on that defense um, mm-hmm. for the most part. And so that, that's not a bad one to put down. I put Tano Passignon, um, defensive end of Villanova. I thought, you know, for as highly as he was drafted, I think he was a day two pick. I, I feel like we've still. Still got untapped potential with his length, um, his athleticism, and you know if he, you know, wants to continually be on that defensive line rotation and then maybe earn a second contract, I think it's it's time to put over shut up on on the line that outside of Jones and Frank Clark, I'm not super excited about. Hopefully, Colin Saunders, um, you know, makes an appearance a little bit more this year. I mean, obviously Derek Nadi's there, but I think Passion is is somebody to to watch. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think it'll be interesting. There's not a lot of holes. Um, so if they can keep it up, it's going to be another stellar season for them. So we're going to Vegas next. Vegas Raiders. Vegas. Uh, Derek Carr. Simple as that. Uh, I think it's Derek Carr. And, again, I know everybody's like, look, look, at, look how well he did. Yards per attempt, 70% completion. Yeah. But now, you know, last year I feel like we a lot of people wrote him off, you know. And you see him have a good year and you're like, all right, expectations are back on. Because this Raiders team looks like a team that, again, they challenged big time for that playoff spot last, for that last playoff spot last year and, and were very close to doing so. Now with seven playoff teams, got to assume that you know this is a playoff team and it should be a playoff team I think they're pretty solid well-rounded I think their offensive lines you know very good I think they brought in the necessary weapons obviously trader away Lynn Bowden for some reason to try to play our running back anyway (laughs) they got Edwards and Ruggs you know you got Darren Wall you have Josh Jacobs who I think should get more involved in the passing game this year hopefully gosh watch the film Las Vegas man god he's been so good in, in Alabama probably one of the better Bama backs ever uh, as a prospect, in my opinion, maybe be a hot take, but still, I mean, the offense is there. Derek Carr's just got to drive this puppy down. Yeah. Let's see it. Because, honestly, if I don't see it this year, this is the point where if they're a top 10 pick, I'm looking at Fields, I'm looking at Lance, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a guy with a lot to prove behind him as well, which a lot of people think will drive him to do a little bit better, you know in Mariota, somebody that Gruden said that he likes. So I, I think it'll be interesting to watch that dynamic as well. Um, yeah. He's not only proven it to us, he's proven it to his coaching staff. You know, when you have a guy that you like and you think you can use, 
Yeah. Uh, there's a target on your back. And if I'm Mariota, I'm gunning for Derek Carr because there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, for me, I did my common thing and went a little bit off of um, the reservation here. You know, I actually kind of was reading this article, and I, I think it was actually a fan-sided article, funny enough, where I was reading it from. I hope it wasn't yours because that would be really awkward, or mine because that would be even more awkward. But, you know, for my prove-it, I actually <laughs> decided to go with Paul right. Gunther, you know, and, and the, the defensive coordinator and ask – can this defense take a step forward? You know, it wasn't that long ago we saw them deal Khalil McAvoy to the Bears. As weird as that sounds, uh, that wasn't very long ago, 2018, if I'm correct, you know. Um, and, you know, Mayock's on board now. They started to use these selections that they got from him. They got for Amari Cooper, you know, a lot of different things. And they've got guys like Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, uh, even Max Crosby is in there now. And, you know, they finished 26th in total defense last year. That's just not good enough for a team that used to have Khalil Mack and traded him away for picks. That is just not good enough. And a lot of it comes down to them mastering the art of the takeaway. You know, they weren't super effective at getting the ball back. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see kind of if the development of this defense does come to fruition or if they're going to end up having to move on in the end from Paul Gunther, because it would definitely seem like Gruden's there to stay. And you don't get rid of Mayock in my opinion either, but because I do think eventually it's going to start to come together for them, but we'll see. We'll see. You got to think, like you said, this is a playoff team. So a lot of that's going to relate on defense and the ability to slow down some of these new look offenses, because this division keeps getting better on the offensive end, especially. Yeah. I mean, I think, you look at Gruden, I believe he's in year three now and Mayak's in year two that kind of just finished really as, as being GM. So I think, you know, there's still time for this team to to push the, the playoff envelope. However, seeing them take a really nice jump last year and be on that cusp is like to the point where you kind of don't want to see that, you know, that down. You don't want to see the regression. You don't want to see that spiral back down, to, you know, the lower version of mediocrity. So yeah, I, I think Paul Gunther, that's a good one. Um, who you got for Denver or the chargers, I guess, if you want to do LA. No, we might as well just keep it straight up. Um, right. Let's just go with the Broncos. My prove it. Um, you said it earlier about Derek Carr. Simple as that. Mine's uh, Drew Locke. You know, I, I, I think he's been solid so far, but I also think he's been a little bit, underwhelming in a way for a guy that did have so much momentum going into it. I think he's somebody uh, that could really open some eyes this year. You know, he might not be proving it to the Broncos or he might not be proving it, um, you know, to his teammates because teammates seem to really respect him. But I think he could prove it to the NFL to say, Hey, look, I'm here. Um, Don't just look at this chiefs offense led by Patrick Mahomes in the AFC West. Uh, We're here and we're looking to make some noise as well. Um, and spoiler alert, I've got them finishing second in this division. So I, I really think this is a big year for Locke to kind of announce his presence um, and to not be overlooked anymore. And uh, if he keeps making progress like he has so far, I really like the look for him for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when you look at he's only at five starts. I mean, I think it's okay to set an expectation where he might not be, you know, this spectacular player in year two. And I think there, there have been those people who have been hiding him to that point. Um, but I do understand that that's definitely a thing. I think you saw the flashes and you want, you want to see the prove him, him prove that on a consistent basis week to week, which is, which is yeah. good. I, I think that's a good, a good one. I had two, 
I think I just want to highlight them really both really quick. I think Garrett Bowles took a big step last year in the right direction after some really poor seasons. Um, and I think that that warranted uh, enough of Denver to say, okay, you're going to roll his left tackle again this year and, and see how it goes. So I think he's still got to prove that he can be, you know, consistent year to year now as that left tackle. And then obviously now that Von Miller's down, it's time to prove that Bradley Chubb, you're the number one man. Yeah. Um, as That's an edge rusher. And very so, sad. <laughs> yeah. It sucks that we're losing Von Miller. I hate 2020. Um, Cause man, Von Miller is just a treat to watch. Uh, so yeah, this is, listen, Bradley Chubb, this is kind of your defense now. Um, and I know it's a lot to ask in, in, in what is not, I believe year three for you. But let's see it. Let's see you take over this year. I, I know Von Miller will be rooting for you big time to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do have a question before I go into my pick. Um, for the Chargers? Yeah. So before you even give yours, I want to ask it. They haven't named – have they named a starting quarterback yet? Yes, Tyrod. That's what I thought. Okay, continue with your pick for the Chargers. All right, my pick for the Chargers – there were so many things I could have put here. Um, the entire offensive line minus Brian Balaga would have been a nice um, would have been a nice pick for prove it. Uh, but I just I just put Sam Tebby down because he will be starting at one of the tackle spots. And, and there's not much. I mean, look, even if whenever Justin Herbert comes in, this team's got to find a good enough offensive line. I think Brian Balaga was, was a great signing for them. However, I I just want to see Tebby or somebody help besides Belaga this year. So that's no, I agree. I think somebody's going to have to step up, especially if um, Justin Herbert ends up in the game at some point, um, because yeah. there's no worse start to a rookie quarterback's career than getting mauled um, either from behind or from the front uh, to be an intro into your NFL team. Yeah. Arizona throwing Josh Rosen out there against Chicago. Oh yeah. Josh Rosen, that, Poor man. That's just a whole other story, isn't it? Poor man. Anyway. A poor, poor man with an NFL draft. Anyway. Where he was valued as QB1 by some. Anyway. anyway. Did, did you pick somebody for the Chargers yet or no? <laughs> no, I just want to keep bringing up the Rosen thing. All right. Anyway, yeah, I picked somebody for the Chargers. Um, he, I actually picked Tyron. Okay. Um, I think as somebody that we mostly all see as a future backup in the NFL – um, somebody that gave way to a rookie already uh, in Baker Mayfield, you know, when he struggled back in 2018, I, I think he's on the cusp of, am I going to be a starter in this league or am I going to be a backup? Like, like we said I, in the last episode, there, there's nothing wrong with being a backup. Chase Daniel has made himself a lot of money doing that. It's not always the case, uh, but it can be, but you know, I think Tyrod, any competitor would prefer to be a starter um, I think Tyrod would prefer to be a starter. I think Chase Daniel would probably prefer to be a starter. You know, maybe not now, but he definitely would have. But, you know, Tyrod's got Justin Herbert, somebody that's really intriguing, and this coaching staff seems to really like breathing right down his back. Um, I'm sure they would like to keep him on the bench for a year. I'm sure they would, um, or at least until he's incredibly comfortable, um, just because this line has a lot of question marks. And like we said, it's not a good idea to throw somebody out there like that. But, uh, with Tyrod being the QB1, as we discussed, um, I think he's got a lot to kind of prove for himself and to himself about what his future holds. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with Tyrod, it is, it's basically at this point, it's like, am I going to be a bridge QB for every rookie that comes into this game yeah. now? Or, you know, can I, can I carve out my own role? And I, I think Anthony Lynn obviously believes in this guy to, to be that player who can, you know, start for this year um, and, and carry a team that on paper has always seemed to be a team that should threaten the postseason and, and always seemed to have either bad injury luck or just they're just flat out cursed. Which that could be the case. I mean, no Derwin James now this year again. I think they're cursed, but that's it just, just it. Really simple, feels that way, doesn't it? New Orleans fan who believes in curses talking. Yeah. X oh. factors. Yeah, so we're gonna move into X factors, um, and we are gonna go ahead and go back to where we started out, and we're actually gonna go to Kansas City. So for me, I went ahead and let me pull up my notes. I have to switch sections in my notes every single time I do it. You know, I went over to Juan Thornhill as their X Factor, just as a little bit of a preload. I probably stole your guy. I was kind of figuring that this would steal your guy, but, um, you know, it's easy to spot a potential X Factor on this team. And like I said, the defense is really going to need to pull together and have another significantly good year like last year. And, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be an easy answer for this in the offense, but let's face it, that offense has Patrick Mahomes and so many weapons. It's going to move. Now, will this defense not move is going to define a lot because of the secondary. So, you know, you've got safety there with Tyran Matthew, of course, but Juan Thornhill is going to come in and be able to, you know, kind of not headline because there's a pretty formidable unit already with Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, you know, a pretty solid lineup overall. But, you know, he could take them to another level, I almost want to say, to catching up even more with that offense. Um, so, you know, uh, when was it he tore his ACL? When was that? Was that in the regular season finale? It was, it was in the regular season. It was like one of the last games. But, you know, he was showing glimpses of why he was kind of this fan favorite around the community. Um, as you can see, just by the fact that I brought him up uh, and stole him. That's payback. I don't really know what for, but I'm sure takes, it's payback for takes something. Takes my son, safety one, Juan Thornhill from me as an X factor. You are kidding me. Um, guy who I wanted in Green Bay. Be sad. Um, I am sad uh, because I really think this guy's going to be just an outstanding player. Um, just how fluid he is, his range, um, ball skills, recognition skills as a guy who plays on the back end is just awesome to watch. Um, man, I just don't have enough. I don't have, there's too many good things I can say about him. We can stay here for hours. I'm really excited because I think him and Matthew in the secondary is what they're going to have to need that because they just have so much inexperience outside of Traverius Ward at corner, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, the other guy I put down was Willie Gay because, as you know, the linebacker could use some influx of talent. This dude's a hard-hitting downhill thumper with a lot of sideline to sideline range as well. So Yeah. Took my son, Juan Thornhill. Oakland. Oh, he said it. I heard it. Las Vegas. Oakland. I have – Corey Littleton as my X Factor. This is going to be a boring podcast. Yeah, Nate. That's right. That's right. You take my son on this the Chiefs, and that's what I do. That's what I'm here for, to take your guy. Why do you even like him? Go. Uh, why do I like him? Well, I think, obviously, the Rams lost him in free agency. This was a heck of a get by a team that just 
has had nothing at linebacker these past few seasons. Corey Littleton, what does he do really well? Coverage. That is huge in this in this division right now where you have tight ends. Hunter Henry, Travis Kelsey, Noah Fant. You need somebody like Littleton in the middle here. Obviously, you can throw safeties on guys like that, but – but you prefer Again, to have a fast more, linebacker on it, right? Sure, right. And, and if you're going to run more uh, some zone looks, I, I think you're going to get a lot of good recognition skills from Littleton and a guy who can cover a lot of ground yeah. in coverage um, for a defense that obviously needs to work <clears throat> on improving coverage this season. Um, as Nate brought up, 26th in total defense. Yeah, so. I feel like in this league, pass coverage and you know, you know just man coverage as a whole for linebackers is so important. But skill at that position is not deep. So this was a huge get for them. I just, you know, there's a lot of downhill thumper linebackers in the league, you know, and there's a couple guys that are really stand out as the better guys in coverage. Um, So this was a huge get for them for me. You know, last year they gave up 869 yards to opposing tight ends um, and nine, listen, nine touchdowns to opposing tight ends, right? No problem with that. That was just to the ones ranked in the bottom five of the NFL. Nine touchdowns to the bottom five tight ends. Yikes. That's not Almost as bad as Arizona was against tight ends last yeah. year, by the way. You know, let's just say – Now they have an eraser. I was picking up whatever tight end was playing. Literally. I had to wait a wire. That was the strategy last yep, year. It you was. Were a streamer. And they yeah. got their eraser in Simmons now. Yeah. So, Again, I think Littleton could be a part of that. I think the other name I would I, – I almost didn't want to pick Littleton because I was wondering if you're going to do the same thing, but I think Jonathan Abram can be an X factor when he comes back from injury as that really enforcer-type player, Cam Chancellor type of guy. So I thought I'd throw his name in the hat. Throw his hat in the ring as well. We're doing the Broncos next, right? Yes, we are. Well, speaking of Noah Fant, we're going to get right into him. Uh, we went through, and we're talking X-Factors now. I just lost my train of thought completely. Um, but as we were talking about tight ends, you know, Noah Fant's a guy that could really be a very, very good safety valve for Drew Locke um, on a team that does have a solid wide receiver core, and one that'll be really fun to watch. But Fant just hasn't quite got to what I thought he would get. He's been solid, but, you know, I'm really hoping um, that he can only be – Only year two. The, yeah, exactly. Nice. The player that can really – push them to maybe try and make a run at the playoffs um, towards the end of the year, especially with the expanded playoff. Um, you know, in the AFC West, you kind of either need a guy that's big enough um, on defense and good enough at coverage to slow down Kansas city or an explosive enough offense where you can keep up with them. And, you know, Fant could be a huge piece of that offense that could keep up with them. I'm not saying they're going to, of course, but you know, if you're going to look to build that for down the road for dealing with Patty Mahomes and co for the next 20, freaking years uh it's gonna be um definitely interesting you know to see how he can produce in addition to melvin gordon and some of the rookie pass catchers as well drew lock sophomore season uh he's got some weapons and noah fan should be one of the top ones on this team for me i have him in my fantasy leagues not that that matters but um he is one of the guys that i picked up for sure yeah i mean elite athlete elite receiving tight end in a, in a league where the transition is often a lot slower, you don't see a lot of production um, from tight ends usually in year one, but you got to see a pretty solid line from Fant in his rookie year, um, which tells you all you need to know with him as the receiving threat in what should be a very dynamic offense. So I like that. Um, 
For a team that just cut Todd Davis, which is kind of a shock, I think Alexander Johnson is going to be my X factor for this for this Broncos team. Um, again, had a very good season, very underrated linebacker, and I think now he's going to have to hold down uh, the position for Denver this year um, in what's looking more and more like a depleted defense in certain spots. So, yeah, I think Alexander Johnson has a, has a real chance to, to step further into the national spotlight this year. Yeah. Where are we headed next? Obviously, L.A., SoFi Stadium, Chargers. The this Chargers. Is this is obviously – because none of them talk like that. Yeah, right. Um, the Chargers. For a secondary oh. that just lost Derwin James is obviously Desmond King. For me, um, you know, obviously you have guys like Casey Hayward. You have Chris Harris there. Um, and, and Nasir Adderley in, in, in year two. So, but again, Desmond King can do a lot of things. He can play in the slot. He can play some safety for you. So just that ability to move around now is going to be even more important with Derwin James out. So again, I think this defense is very good on paper, a little thin at linebacker, even after drafting Kenneth Murray, who I thought yeah. was a little bit of a reach. Um, but again, I think this defense is still loaded and I think King is going to be it, now with that versatility is going to be a big part of this. Yeah, I agree. Well, for mine, I kind of went with, you know, a theme of, you know, as you kind of let Justin Herbert develop and you let Tyrod play, you know, in his prove it year to see what he's going to do, you kind of got to hang your hat on the defense when you're playing in the AFC West that is just so crazy um, dominant on the offensive side of the ball, you know, and they're prepared with a lot of guys that could be very solid on this defensive line. Yes. Um, and my guy for this one is Linval Joseph, actually. Um, I think he's going to be really, really important in, on a, in a day and age where we talk so often about rookie impacts. You know, you mentioned you think Kenny, Kenneth Murray is a little bit of a reach. I'm in that as well. This yeah. not lost Derwin James, uh, but still includes, you know, Joey Bosa and a lot of guys um, that are really solid. I think they do need that solid veteran presence to continuously put pressure um, there as they move down the line, you know. Um, former second round pick, uh, he's going to be right there in the nose tackle spot. Um, and you know, I think they are going to be counting on him to be that veteran presence and to bring this defense up to speed and keep it going at the speed that it's at, because, uh, if they're going to succeed this year, that defense is going to be what drives them to do it. I think that's a really, really great one as a team who's always had the, who's had the Bosa Ingram pair for a couple seasons now. And has just really lacked that interior presence. Jerry Tillery has has shown a couple flashes, um, but yeah, adding Joe's that's a that that might be the best one um, that we mentioned. Honestly, it's the next factor. So the next one. Oh, wait! It's prediction time. Baby. It is. Holy crap! That went fast. It's prediction time. That actually went um, really fast because this is a fun division. That's why I even uh, did win ranges. Same as always. That's what I do. Um, Yas, who wants to begin? You. All right. All I don't right, know right, why right. we switch it up when we get to this, but I just always. I don't know, but it's it. But it, we we keep people on their toes. Uh, Kansas sure. City for me. This is probably really shocking that I have between eleven and thirteen wins. That's probably really really shocking for everybody. Um. Yeah, I think 13 is a ceiling. Um, obviously, people can talk about Super Bowl hangover, and I think – I mean, it's entirely possible that they, you know, they are a little sluggish out the gate. Um, but, again, I think even again, even with a schedule that features the Saints and Buccaneers, um, in addition to, obviously, 
you know, Baltimore and the top teams in the AFC. I still think this is a team that, that should win the West. Um, I, I 13 seems like maybe a little bit of a stretch. I think, I think they probably win 12 um, at the, at the highest. So maybe change that to 11 to 12. But uh, as we move along, I think Las Vegas for me is probably the highest variance. This could be a team that wins only six games, but they could also win 10 just by pounding the rock and playing some better defense um, and having an efficient Derek Carr season. So I think the offensive line is good, as we mentioned. I think, obviously, you still have Max Crosby. But a great season you're going to get now Cleveland Furl um, throughout further development, obviously after, you know, a, a little disappointing rookie season. But, again, you get a, the secondary is getting an influx of guys back. You still get Abram back um, as he left pretty early in the season. Arnett, obviously, Nate talks about him. And we talked about Littleton in the middle. It's a defense that's very improved. This team could make the playoffs. It wouldn't yeah. shock me at all. Just like Denver, who I have slightly ahead with 7 to 10, I think they have a higher floor than, than the Raiders do, but I think a similar ceiling. I think that this is a 10 wins as if Drew Locke takes the step that many think he will. I think the offense is there. The weapons are obviously there for him to do that. We even talk about how the running back room has Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in it. Yeah. So I think there's a real chance that that this is one of the more high firepower offenses we see this year. But losing Von Miller hurts. Um, and, and so does cutting guys like Todd Davis. I think this is going to be a big year for Justin Simmons at safety. Can he prove it? I think Boye was a huge add now for them in, in what should be – a division that again we have talked about the offensive weapons. Um, Chargers four to eight. I just don't know if Tyrod or Herbert will be a difference enough this year. Um, yeah. And obviously losing Derwin, I really think that even costs you a win. To be honest, I think Derwin has that type of impact. So again, I think four to eight. I, I hopeful. I I as somebody who roots for the Chargers. Because of you know all they've gone through, I, I would love to see this number be higher. I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. It's kind of odd, honestly, rooting for the Chargers. You know, I remember playing as the Chargers when I was really young with LT. You know, um, as their running back and, and Gates. You know, it's so so fun to do. Yes. And there's almost like a kinship between the Saints and the Chargers because talk about battled franchises. Um, but, and also I always liked Philip Rivers as you guys probably heard on that last podcast, but, um, so for me and my, I actually, the last two times have gone through and done win totals because I actually, or win ranges, I do really like that process. And so I like it, it's going through it, but for Kansas city, I've got them topping off the division at 10 to 13 wins. Um, so (laughs) pretty spot on, fairly similar there for a lot of the same reasons. I do not see. Um, any Super Bowl hangover happening. If it does, I will be almost as surprised as anybody. You know, I, I just – this team didn't fall in any way. It got better. And yeah. in in ways that we almost said, you know, how are they still signing these guys? Like, what the heck, man? Like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, this team got better for me. Uh, 10 to 13 wins for them. I've got the Broncos under them, 6 to 10 wins, a little bit more volatile. I think Drew Locke, if he did take the step, like you said, uh, that team would be pretty freaking solid on the offensive side and could surprise some folks. Um, you know, I tend to lean towards the lower end of that scale. I would probably say six to eight might be more realistic. That might be the money area. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, for the Chargers, five to seven for me. Like I said, I don't think either of the quarterbacks are quite there. I'm even actually a little bit on the lower end. I don't think 
there's really that big of a chance that we see them. But if the defense is really good, maybe they outplay that. Um, but you still got to score points. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's tough. But then uh, the Raiders pretty volatile. I have from them at four to nine. Wow. Um, so, so it's going to be an interesting season in Las Vegas uh, for them. There's a lot of fluctuation there, a lot of moving pieces that would have to come together for them to hit nine wins. Uh, I'm on the lower end of that one as well. Uh, probably could have put four to seven, but you know, if everything clicks, that team has some dangerous weapons as well. So uh, this division could shape up to be very, very fun. You know, even uh, if Kansas city does dominate the division, the rest of the games are going to be pretty, pretty tight, pretty fun to watch. Yeah. I think when you look at, like I said, I think when we talk about like Super Bowl hangover for the chiefs, I think, I don't think people should take that as miss the playoffs. You can definitely go 10 and six, 11 and five when people feel like you're a 13, 14 win team. And, and that can be called the hangover a little bit. Um, and I think Nate and I really had, I mean, we both have a potential in that and they even had the 10 win floor. So I think there's a chance for that, but yeah, I think when, when you look at it, it, I think Nate and I are pretty similar on the chargers because of, we just don't know. Like, I think the Chargers, to make the playoffs, they would have to have, like, the defensive variance. They would have to be, like, probably the number one defense, you know, sacks, turnovers, you know, all that thing. So, if they do that, then we can start talking about, okay, maybe they have enough weapons on offense to carry this offense. If the defense can score a lot of touchdowns, um, you know, more power to them to be able to do that. I will say – Nate, it's very possible that we're sitting here in January and the Broncos play the Raiders last week of the season. Could that be for the seven slot? Very yeah. possible. Yeah, very I, possible. I agree. I think that's a very possible scenario we might see play out. So, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it, we have to note that they do play the AFC East, that full division. So you're getting the Jets, you're getting the Dolphins, you're getting the Bills, you're getting the Patriots. So – yeah, that's probably one of the weaker divisions. So that's that that can be a little bit of a boost. But uh, you're playing the NFC South, so yeah. not a bit of a boost. Could in it, theory be zero and four for somebody. Very yeah. possible. It's a yeah. strong division. That division is incredible, even to the weakest link. It's got freaking yep. Christian McCaffrey on the team. So I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. It's a tougher schedule, but. Like I said, we're, we're going to get surprised from somebody. So yeah. we'll, we'll be so shocked. One we'll team be, that is expected to be good will always not quite live up to the hype. Yeah, so. There will be teams who we think are in the playoffs for sure going to miss, and there will yeah. be teams that we didn't see coming. And the Broncos are obviously a team that's a popular pick. The Raiders not as popular. Maybe they make that jump. Who knows? Yeah, there's the potential there. There is. But that's going to do it, man. We got through all the division previews before the season starts. Um, super glad that we got all those done. I think the format was a lot of fun. We got to talk about a lot of players, um, you know, in, in general, and they put the wild West hat back on. I mean, this really is, it's a, it was a wild, wild off season, wild off season, wild year. It's been wild, um, wild West of a 2020 football. Thank you for coming back. Um, and thank you for all the hard work people do to get this thing back. And that, that's, that's, what's really cool is, is, you know, people working behind the scenes. So we have this season. Um, yeah, but that's going to do it. Uh, next episode is going to be 
probably a really fun one. Nate and I are going to probably sit here and debate for a while. Uh, we got to do, we're going to basically on this, if this is one, maybe you're going to want to watch on YouTube, this next one, because we're going to visual help. Yeah. We're going to share our screens. So you'll be able to see like what we picked, um, through the NFL playoff predictor, which is a great tool. I mean, it allows you to pick every game in the entire season and obviously the playoffs as well. So you'll be able to see the draft order we think is going to happen. You're going to see the playoffs. We'll probably hand out some awards, and we're going to preview Chiefs-Texans and maybe take your questions as well if we got time. So make sure you're following us at Experience Football, at Experience underscore FTBL on Twitter. Um, yeah, you. You can follow me at Jake NFL Draft. You can follow Nate at Nate JW Sports. All those will be in the description. Like we said, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you just want to listen there. Um, and you found us on YouTube, those links will be down there as well to listen. Uh, you know, with that said, Nate, anything you want to say before we sign off for our last division preview? Everybody will ask, yeehaw, but nobody will ask, ha ye. Happy Halloween, everyone. It's Halloween season. It's fall! That's Football it. season, baby. Fall season. Football, Halloween season. Best time of year. Grab some yeah. chili, put on a sweater, go camping. Do it. And eat pumpkin something. Pumpkin pie. Dude, I saw, before we go, I saw a recipe. There is a fall dip where you put pumpkin pudding, like whipped cream, cinnamon, and more pumpkin in, and you mix it and chill it. What? And like you dip apples in it. Like, oh, yeah. my god! I feel like we need to make that in Tennessee. That, that I think we should. food coming yeah. right at you. Yep, yeah, there you go. So, All right, bye, guys. Bye, guys. See you next time.